All right, hello everyone. I'd like to welcome you to a very special episode of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. We are live from the AFPM Summit in San Antonio, Texas. We have a very special guest joining us today. Tim Duncan is a water technology consultant for Selenis. We're going to have a chat with him, a little bit about the presentation that he and his team are giving today at the event, and as well as some of the challenges and solutions within plant operations. So I'd like to welcome in Tim. Tim, how are you today? I'm good, thanks, Mike. Um, I'm sure you were expecting a taller Tim Duncan since we're in San Antonio, but you're going to have to put up with me. You're a legend uh, as well, yeah. just like the other Tim. Uh, in, uh, Tim, let me ask you, uh, give me a little bit of background about Selenis and then maybe talk a little bit about your role. Sure. Um, so Selenis is uh, focused on chemical and technology solutions for um, water-intensive industries. Um, petrochemicals, um, paper, metal processing, um, and, and my role is in the industrial water technology group. And so um, I'm in the cooling technology uh, part of that. And what we do is we support our sales representatives in the field. Um, and sometimes that means that I'm oh, solving a rare problem or something that's particularly complicated or sometimes I'm training our reps, or maybe I'm helping our reps train their customers, and sometimes I'm advancing a new technology and helping us roll that out into the field. So troubleshooting, kind of lots of different hats that you wear. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so you, let's talk a little bit about the uh, session that your team is presenting today on biofilm and, and the uh, hidden threat to refinery and petrochemical operations. For those of us who may not be familiar with biofilm, can you explain a little bit about what it is and where it might be found within refining and petrochem operations? Sure. So it's probably easier if I tell you where we might find it first um, and then explain, um, you know, what it is. So um, in a refinery, um, we find biofilm in the cooling water and heat exchangers and piping, right? And so... Cooling water is usually supplied from either a, uh, oh, a natural source or a well um, or, or sometimes in a cooling tower circuit. And um, as such, you know, that water isn't exactly sterile or even sanitary. So it's rife with nutrients and uh, bacteria. And so um, the, the biofilm is the slime that you might find that's the byproduct of bacterial growth, um, consuming those nutrients, and then it'll just stick on the metal surfaces, uh, and it's kind of nasty, and it can cause problems. What kind of problems? What are some of the negative impacts on operations? So, really, there's two ways that biofilm um, can affect uh, the operations, um, and one, it's uh, about 80 to 90 percent water, so it provides a uh, a laminar boundary layer that that um, makes heat exchange more restrictive. In other words, um, it's about four times more insulating than, say, a calcium carbonate scale. Um, the film that's in the bottom of your teapot when all the water evaporates, well, that's calcium carbonate scale, and it and it's very insulating. But biofilm is actually about four times more insulating. So. Um, a biofilm as thin as like 20 microns, so that's 0 0.02 millimeters, um, can restrict heat transfer um, by about 7%. So um, 
it, it's a very efficient insulator, which, of course, limits your cooling capacity of your heat exchanger. So that's one way. And then the second way, um, if you've got a biofilm on the surface, um, the corrosion inhibitor that you put into the water to protect those metal surfaces and, and keep them healthy uh, and make them last longer can't contact the metal itself. So you've limited the, the, the contact of the corrosion inhibitor. And, and then in addition to that, the slime will collect like fly paper, the sediment and, and maybe some of the corrosion product that's in the water um, and start to densify. And so now you've got an under deposit corrosion that can be taking place. And even worse than that, um, when the slime gets thick enough, um, it gets oxygen depleted or anaerobic. And the type of bacteria that can grow in that environment uh, produces acid. And now it's trapped beneath that slime and right next to the metal surfaces. So, so you can have you know, corrosion issues with the heat exchangers and it you know, can damage the heat exchanger. And so it might fail prematurely, um, which, which means you take a production loss. Or, or um, it limits the number of times you can use that heat exchanger in a turnaround cycle. So you've, so you've got extra cap expense. Um, and, and so that's the, the two primary ways that it's damaging. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Selenis' ClearPoint program. Um, it's my understanding this was developed to detect and mitigate biofilm in, in industrial water systems. Can you tell us a little bit more, maybe give us some more detail about uh, ClearPoint program, how it works? Sure, sure. Um, so ClearPoint's composed of, of three components. Um, it's the equipment, uh, chemistry, and service. And the equipment piece is our patented OnGuard 3B biofilm detection device. And so we use this device to precisely model a, a customer's heat exchanger, whatever the critical heat exchanger might be. And we adjust the flow rate across a target plate that's heated and has thermocouples in it. So we mimic the skin temperature of the heat exchanger and we mimic the shear stress in the heat exchanger. Um, and so we can detect the fouling factor because there's a couple thermocouples in the heated target plate and then there's also a thermocouple in the water. So any deposit that forms on that surface um, will act as an insulator and we can detect that insulation forming on there. And then we also have an ultrasound device that's pointed at that target plate. So it, it, we can determine what the fallant might be, be it biofilm or maybe even a hard scale or something in between, a biofilm with a bunch of nastiness in it. Um, so that's kind of unique in our industry because prior to that, the only way of, of guessing as to what type of biological activity you might have would be to say, oh, do ATP type monitoring, adenosine triphosphate that, that is in all life forms, right? So you can measure the amount of free ATP or the amount of um, uh, combined ATP that are in the water and determine, you know, do I have some living things going on in here? Or you could do dip slides and culture them. Um, but that's just telling you about the planktonic stuff that's floating around in the water. And what you're really interested in is the sessel things that are attached and in the heat exchanger. Um, so there's, there's kind of other ways of monitoring that, um, but, but they're not really effective in determining um, quantitatively what do you actually have on a heat exchanger because they don't actually mimic the heat exchanger. So that's the equipment piece. Um, and then the other advantage of, of, of that method is that in addition um, to, be, to being effective, it's also real time 
and it's online, so you can you can look at it remotely. Um, you don't have to go out and take a culture and wait 48 hours for it to grow to tell you what was happening two days ago. You know immediately if there's some changes being made. So the chemistry um, portion of it is uh, we have a patented third-generation um, stabilized chlorine molecule, and we make this in situ in, in a in a device right by the uh, the cooling water, and uh, we inject that and control the rate. And it's um, it's not the the chemistry itself isn't aggressive to the metallurgy in the system like other oxidizing biocides. So if if I were to put uh, pool chlorine, for instance, into your cooling tower at a level that's effective enough to get rid of all that slime, um, I'd be oxidizing the copper in your system if you've got admiralty brass, or I'd also be oxidizing maybe the, the metal itself. And so then I'd have to repassivate that metal surface with a bunch of other corrosion inhibitor. And it's a, and it's a back and forth cycle, and it, and it just really doesn't work that way. So this uh, chemistry works by reacting with the reducing molecules that you might find in, uh, uh, in, in the proteins that form the cell wall or in the enzymes. So the sulfur-sulfur bonds, the sulfur-hydro bonds in those proteins, this chemistry will work with that, and it, and it doesn't work react with anything else, so it can penetrate those polysaccharide layers, that slime that the bugs form, um, and it can get into the, to that biofilm and kill the bugs. Dead bugs don't make a biofilm. So that's the second piece. Um, and then the third piece, the final piece is, um, of course, we monitor the equipment, right? And we monitor that chemistry. We monitor the residual. Um, but in addition to that, we have a database program that's called Hexaval Online. And it stands for Heat Exchangers Evaluation Online. And, and so what we do with that is we take a plant's um, heat exchanger inventory um, and we take the design data um, and put this into the program. Uh, and then we also rank the exchangers in a plant, um, so A, B, or C exchangers. And an A exchanger would be one that uh, if you were to lose it online, you would have a unit shutdown. And a B exchanger would be one that, well, you're not going to shut the unit down, uh, but we're going to have to slow down. We're going to have to lose some capacity. We're going to have to lose some production and limp along without this exchanger. And a C exchanger, it's redundant. It might be an oil cooler or something, and you've got eight air compressors now expensive to replace, but it's not, you're not going to lose any capacity because of it. So we rank those, um, and then we do flow studies, uh, and, and at least annually. And so we see, is the exchanger actually operating as per design, or is it slightly off? Is it getting worse over time? You know, what do we need to do to, to manage this exchanger? And so we use the information to advise the customers on do I need to back flush more frequently? Uh, do I need to change my back flush procedures? Um, and, you know, in, in addition to that, we'll survey the exchangers and say, okay, your back flush nozzle's not big enough to do the job that, that it needs to be done. Or, you know, we're thinking about putting in a different heat exchanger. What do you think? And we'll plug that into the calculations. Well, no, you know, your, your design's a little off. We need to help you redesign. Uh, sometimes we'll, we'll balance flows. We use it for turnaround planning. You know, can you imagine trying to deciding which one of 500 heat exchangers you should open up? You know, maybe we we only need to open up 30, right? And so that's that's a, a good tool that we use for for our uh, customers. So that's that's the three components. That's the the equipment, the chemistry, and the service. Okay. Uh, so cross industry uh, applications. 
what industries is the ClearPoint program being applied now, and what results have your have you seen with customers? So we've got several applications in Marathon facilities, uh, and then we also have some in some other chemical plants, and in the and in the paper industry, and in some metals uh, plants, and. Um, the ROI on, on this is, is really good. Um, you know, the, the paybacks are really short, 9 to 12 months. Um, and, and, the, you know, and the investment, of course, varies by the size of the application, uh, and so does the ROI. But we're seeing ROIs in, in the seven-figure range. Um, so, for instance, um, at a Gulf Coast um, refinery, we were able to eliminate bundle failures entirely, um, in, in we were also able, uh, able to extend um, some turnaround cycles. Um, we eliminated bundle cleanings and then the cooling tower hot deck cleaning. So we've eliminated some of that. Um, and then best part is um, because the biofilm um, grows not only in the, the heat exchangers and the piping, um, it also grows in, in the cooling towers, uh, in the fill. By eliminating that biofilm in the fill, we were able to improve the uh, approach to wet bulb on that cooling tower by about seven degrees. And so that means seven degree cooler water going into the refinery, um, and that turns into a lot of money for them. So they were pretty happy with that, and that's a huge impact on, on throughput. And, you know, they give us credit. <laughs> There's a lot of ancillary uh, benefits and ROI as well as a direct result. Sure. Sure. I mean, you, you, if you can extend your, your turnaround cycle, um, you know, it, if you're on a five-year cycle and you can get to seven, think about the mobilization that it takes to do that. Think about how many fewer times you have to buy new heat exchangers. Uh, or, or if you can extend a heat exchanger, for, for instance, um, we're seeing less wall thickness loss. And so they don't have a problem sticking one of those bundles back in the hole after they pull it out for inspection. Um, and, it, and instead of getting seven or eight years on a bundle, they'll get 15 to 20 years on a bundle. Um, and that, they can be expensive at 150, 200,000 more a pop. Huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Where can our uh, listeners go to learn a little bit more, find out some more information? So you can go to our website, www.selenis.com. Um, and you can click on products and services, and then there's a way to navigate to uh, ClearPoint Biofilm Detection and Control. And you'll find uh, case histories and some brochures and some product bulletins. Um, and then, you know, we're adding more case histories all the time. And there, there should be some, some technical papers that we've written there. Um, and, and uh, you know, there's also a section if you're interested... Uh, you know, you can sign up and we can come out and do a biofilm threat assessment. Um, you know, we send some of our experts, our local experts out to do that. Or I can come out too. Uh, you know, I'm always on an airplane. <laughs> You're on everybody's list. I, yeah. I am. And I'll be willing to sign autographs too. Just don't expect me to be taller. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Tim, for taking the time to be with us today and, and for joining us on this special issue of the main column podcast here at the AFPM Summit in San Antonio, Texas. We appreciate the time. Glad to be here.